Blog Talk Radio. It's race day for the great American race. It's exactly what you can hope for for a Daytona 500. Drivers, start your engines! Getting close to go time, although it seems like it's been go time all day long. Here they come, checker Right on you now. A multi-car pileup. Oh, Elliot, slam no. into the wall. Can't do that. That's a fight. He's got momentum up top. Two back. Get high. Hey, oh yeah. Denny Hamlin wins his second Daytona 500. Yeah. Yeah. This one's for Dale Earnhardt Sr. and all those senior fans. I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh, I'm on the Daytona 500. I'm on the Daytona 500. Victory comes in the Daytona 500. All right, and welcome to The Balance. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. No football. We just we just feel abandoned. But not to worry. But not to worry. Next weekend is the Daytona 500. NASCAR is back. We begin our talk full-time today about NASCAR. Steve Wilson of the Speed, uh, Editor-in-Chief of Speedway Digest. We'll be joining us here uh, in a little bit to, to break down the Daytona 500. And next week is the Daytona 500 in standby in the balanced green room. Is Matthew Embry, our official IndyCar contributor. Still a lot going on in that funny season. And James Hinchcliffe, mayor of Hinchtown, still dropping some hints, still dropping some breadcrumbs for us, uh, making this uh, – Follow along and, and try to figure out what's going on with him. So we'll try to, try to break that down. And what do we know? A lot of we don't know about James Hinchcliffe. Uh, uh, some other stuff with Connor Daly. And some, we, we just got some stuff to talk about. because. But the great thing about it is we're also going to begin talking about IndyCar. Because we're very, very soon we're going to be in St. Pete. And before long, we're going to be back here at the Indianapolis uh, Motor Speedway here in Indianapolis, where the balance uh, originates from high atop the balance studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis, Indiana. And then in the the, the second hour, uh, Tony D, Tony Donahue for the Tony D podcast is going to be joining us. We're going to be talking a lot about this uh, Butler, I mean, uh, this Purdue uh, IU game that's going to be happening today. Big game, big game uh, in the Big Ten. And then also, we begin our conversations. We begin shifting our gears over to March Madness. We get ready. Uh, and it's just, we're right here. We're right here to start talking about that. Matthew talked with us a little bit of what's going on with Notre Dame, both on the men and the women's uh, cycle. And so we'll get into that. And uh, Mo for the BS Sports Show is scheduled to join us. Uh, maybe, <laughs> and we'll put we'll put a a, a a pause there because he he's got some stuff going on with work. But nonetheless, my name's Tom Michaels, El Presidente. Nine one seven eight eight nine eight five one six is our digits. If you want to give us a call and talk, let's do it. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network tonight. Be 
National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive-through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Symbol Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. Okay, okay. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. The great American race. You don't get a name like that by chance. No, that's something you earn. Because this isn't just another race. It's a run at history. As we uh, roll off onto the track, starting to talk IndyCar, NASCAR. It is the Daytona 500 next weekend. We begin. We officially kick off our 
our season with the, our NASCAR season with the balance today. And then next week is the Daytona 500. Steve Wilson from the Speedway Digest, uh, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, will be joining us in the next half hour to break down the granddaddy of them all. But before that, there's nothing that is bigger, not that it's better, but it's the Indianapolis 500 coming up in May. We also are beginning our conversations with with uh, about IndyCar and our – the IndyCar funny season continues, and helping us with that right now is Matthew Embry, our official IndyCar contributor, WSBT in South Bend, Indiana. Matthew, welcome back to the balance. How are you, sir? <laughs> All's good with a little MC Hammer mixed in there at the open, but uh, how are we doing, Tom? <laughs> Absolutely, man. You got to have a little hammer time. Got to have a little hammer time. Uh Matthew, let's let's talk a little. Let's let's just uh, kind of break this down. We we're we're having the uh, the the prom date tease, if you will, from uh, our friend James Hinchcliffe, the mayor of Hinchtown, of what's going on. We're, we're still trying to unpack this and unfold this. And there might be some stuff to talk about with the NASCAR uh, with with Steve Wilson, but I mean, uh, James uh, kind of hinted about some stuff going on with the uh, Indianapolis 500, but we still just don't know. Well, all I can tell you at this point is uh, we were expecting, like uh, we saw his uh, tweet that uh, possibly there's going to be an announcement on Friday about something, that was yesterday, and nothing happened. Um, it either tells me there's still there's maybe loose ends or that's not coming through the way they want, uh, at this rate, I mean, I'm not uh, trying to be negative in this case, but uh, I think the best-case scenario for Hitch at this point is uh, Indy-only ride probably with Andretti Autosport or with uh, Ray L. Letterman-Lanigan because beyond that, uh, the rides uh, aren't nearly as appealing. Uh, I mean, A.J. Foyt has all of his drivers. Carpenter has all his drivers. Meyer Shank's not going to enter an extra car. I don't think Dale Coyne's going to run four cars at Indy. Um, so beyond that, uh, there really isn't much value other than either Andretti or Rahal where Hinch could end up, I think, for 2020. Well, here, here's the thing. and We know money talks in, in racing. I mean, uh, the thing about it is a lot of a lot of people think, well, the the team owners and the teams they secure the sponsorships and they hire the drivers of choice. Actually, it's a little bit different than that uh, because uh, in, in IndyCar, especially in IndyCar and NASCAR too, but especially in IndyCar, the driver gets their their sponsorships and and he uh, uh, certainly our, our Canadian friend, thirty uh, three year old driver. Uh, fan favorite of the IndyCars, which is so unfortunate because everybody loves James Hinchcliffe uh, and all that he's been through and the stories that he, he could tell with, with IndyCar. And he, he needs to be in an IndyCar race. Uh, but he uh, recently got a sponsorship from Genesis, uh, uh, which is uh, for us that work in the tech world, we know who they are. They're a a cloud customer experience tech company kind of kind of thing, uh, kind of kind of similar along the lines of Salesforce, but nonetheless uh, secure the sponsorship with them. And as you, as you mentioned, that might that might get him a ride uh, with Andretti. 
but as as I follow Hinch's uh, Twitter, and, and I'm fortunate enough to know him and know him personally. But but at the same time, on his Twitter, he he posted something else, a little video clip which we, we don't have to play. Uh, but if you go to his Twitter and watch it, 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 it talks about the next chapter and hashtag challenge accepted on social media. Uh, so we just don't know. We just we just don't know. And I, I don't want to uh, anticipate or say anything that I shouldn't say, but I, I mean, are, are we looking at maybe a crossover – from NASCAR, I mean from IndyCar to NASCAR, that we've talked about that uh, situation, and uh, he does have a good relationship with Honda. I mean, he was the face of Honda on the TV commercials and stuff for a while. So, uh, with Honda possibly making that move over to NASCAR, obviously it won't be in 2020, but uh, maybe there's something in the looms here because. Uh, when you look at his last tweet, a video clip called The Next Chapter. Well, if we would have heard about a deal, about a Honda deal, I mean, you would have seen it possibly this weekend or next weekend at Daytona. That would be a perfect way to announce it But uh, for NASCAR. But I just uh, – I'm so confused on this. I mean, it just doesn't make – any sense because I don't think there's any value in NASCAR right now with the way the thing is. I mean, they barely had to scrape around just to get enough entries. And I think the thing that has a lot to do with that is the fact that the current car becomes obsolete after this year anyway, so there's no sense in keeping them around and just uh, get the u- most use out of them that you can at this point. I think that's part of the reason why we have 43 entries. I don't know what it is. It's trying to maybe encourage someone to make a bit last minute bid for him or something like that, or what the case is. But uh, the timing of the situation, I think is a little bit peculiar. Add to that. Uh, there's another thing that influences and that's engine leases. And right now, uh, Honda at most has maybe three leases available. And I think only a couple of those, uh, are really quest are really rides they will be going for, and that's the sixth entry at Andretti and for the possible third at Ray Hall. But beyond that, I mean, Hooncoast, uh, maybe Claus and Marshall, they come back. And the thing is, though, with those rides, they're not going to be competitive rides. And add to that, I don't think they're talking James Hinchcliffe at this point. I think the probably the more likely picks, if it's, you're talking to Hooncoast, would be someone like a Kyle Kaiser. Or if you're looking at Marshall, the only reason they come back would be for Pippa Man. Well, and we'll see what happens with Pippa. I mean, I, I like I like Pippa. She's she's actually been on the show with us before. She's uh, a a super nice, super intelligent racer, uh, but she just seems to be an Indy 500 favorite. So we'll see what happens there. She might get a ride with you, but. I would love to, in 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 this might get me in the hot water with Pippa fans, but here I would love to see Hinch have a more of a full time ride than than Pippa having a one time ride at the Indianapolis uh, uh, 500. So we'll see what happens. I mean, as I as I said, I mean we continue to get teased on this, and and also on this these uh, videos on Twitter. Go check it out at Hinchtown, uh, his Twitters. 
the, 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 there's video of him getting into a race car. There's the Genesis logo. So there might be something out there that they're just building up to. They're doing that in anticipation, that tease to get everybody uh, looking up to. So we'll see what happens. We also got some news with Max Chilton confirms 13 races, uh, 13 race uh, with uh, the Carla deal uh, coming up in 2020. What do we know about that? Well, it verifies the Carlin's running because I think there was a lot of rumors saying that they were going to shut down. They're going to sell all their equipment, liquidate. That's not going to happen. Chilton's going to be there for, I'd say, all the road courses plus the Indy 500. That leaves four ovals. This could be a scenario where Connor Daly uh, has a full slate. I mean, it wouldn't be, you know, with one team. But what I see happening is Connor Daly runs all the road courses and the Indy 500 for Ed Carpenter and then jumps over and runs the full oval, four oval races that Chilton's not going to run for Carlin, which means essentially he has a full slate of races uh, for 2020. So this could actually work out pretty good for someone to say like uh, Connor Daly. Yeah, let's talk about Connor Daly a little bit. I mean, we all like Connor Daly, and he seems he, he seems to be one of these drivers that are coming and going, and he hasn't been able to quite make it happen yet. And the Air Force has got a great partnership and sponsorship with him, and he ran he, he ran the NAS I mean the the NASCAR race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So, what what are our thoughts about him finally getting a full time ride? Well, it's not necessarily a full-time ride, but I'd say it's as close as you can get for a guy that's been desperate for one. And I'd say based on his performance in last year's Indy 500, he certainly merits another look. I mean, if not for a bad pit stop at the end, he would have been maybe a top-five finisher in last year's Indy 500. So I think uh, the talent's there, the determination's there, and now the question is, is he going to get the ride? Well, one thing we do know is he's going to have a very competitive ride uh, when he gets to Indianapolis uh and also the opener at St. Pete with Ed Carpenter, I would say. All right, real quickly, uh, uh, let's uh, wrap up the IndyCar funny funny season, and uh, let's talk a little bit about what's coming up uh, here in St. Pete, and that's coming up in like three weeks. Well, there's only one silly season seat left, and that's the second Carlin ride. I would either expect one of two things to happen with that. It goes all races to Sergio Sitzik Kamara, the ex-Formula 2 driver, ex-McLaren test driver in F1, or they split the ride where he runs some of the races and another ex-F1-er, Sergei Sorokin, runs the other events. Uh, Beyond that, I think Indy Olneys are about the only thing left at this point. Of course, uh, another key thing is testing takes place uh, at Sebring this week. Then the following week, uh, they head to Circuit of the Americas, and then we are certainly talking uh, the St. Petersburg opener in mid-March. So, uh, a lot of things to look forward to and uh, be very interesting to see what happens. We're looking probably at 26, possibly 27, if Coast can get their act together and get a car down there. But uh, certainly a large entry list for the season opener, and things look real good for IndyCar at this point as far as car count and interest. Now, granted, the Indy 500 car count may not be better, but across the whole of the events, the trickle-down effect that Jay Fry was hoping for is starting to happen. That's always a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're getting we're getting geared up for that. Uh, real quickly, any thoughts on the uh, NASCAR and Daytona 500 coming up next week? And then we'll get into some Notre Dame talk here. 
question in my mind is Chevrolet and Ford going to be able to keep up with the Toyotas. They've had the domination on it. Denny, Ham- Denny Hamlin won his second 500 last year. Uh, I think has as good a chance as anybody to become just the fourth driver to win this race uh, back-to-back years. He'll be the first in Sterling Marlin in 1995. And uh, I think the other question is, will Kyle Busch ever figure it out and win this race? I mean, there's been several big names, like Tony Stewart, for instance, comes to mind that never won an Indy- Daytona 500. Uh, will he join his brother as a Daytona 500 winner coming up in a few weeks? I think that's the big question in my mind. All right, let's go ahead and, and, and shift gears here a little bit, no pun intended. But let's uh, go on over to uh, Notre Dame basketball. As we get ready for it, we're starting to begin our conversations to talk about March Madness. Uh, certainly, uh, Notre Dame, it, it, the, much like IU and IU-Purdue, we're going to get into later on in the show. Big game today uh, between the two of them. Uh, but uh, we'll play the homer card here a little bit. I know you're there, Ian, in the uh, the heart of Notre Dame country with WSBT. Uh, you cover Notre Dame uh, basketball, both men and women. And uh, certainly it doesn't look good for the NCAA tournament, uh, NIT bid possibly. But, I mean, it, as they say, if, if you're second, you're last. You're, if you're second, you're the first loser. Uh, so uh, NIT never seems to be anything that is just – that exciting, and, and we'll get into this conversation later on in the show about IU. IU, uh, Dylan, was the same problem, and, and Archie Miller certainly on, on the hot seat going with IU, but let's talk a little bit about Notre Dame because just a, a few couple of years ago, I mean, they were they were right there headed for the championship. Yeah, they certainly were, and so were Purdue, but uh, things have changed. Uh a lot of question marks about what the future of the Notre Dame program is, how they get out of the rut they're currently in. Uh, they play Sunday against Clemson, the last of a home run. I'd say get another win there. And then, of course, they get into the bulk of their schedule. They have trips to Cameron Indoor, for instance, uh, John Paul Jones Arena to take on Virginia. They need to start winning some games. I think not just – they're not talking NCAA at this point. I think the NIT is the, as good as it gets. Uh, you're getting stuff from – Guys like Jerron Durham, uh, Francis Hub, T.J. Gibbs, hopefully will close out well. Rex Pluger's another one. But uh, maybe even Nick Jogo has a good finish uh, to his season. Uh, we'll see how things go. But uh, I think at this point, considering how low the ACC is, I mean, they're not even talking Duke's North Carolina because North Carolina has been very below average this year. I mean, Duke North Carolina would be a big thing today. But unfortunately, with the way the Tar Heels have played, that – game is completely gone mute so yeah you look at the scenarios right now uh i think right now if the Notre dame fighting Irish get into the nit i would consider that a win for them because uh, the opportunities of them are far and few between at this point what what do we attribute to that i mean is it been injuries or just what what do we attribute to the the downfall of of uh, Notre Dame over the last couple of years? Uh, I'd say the more, greater influence of the one and done because no one's going to go to Notre Dame for one year. Uh, that has a lot to do with it. Injuries certainly have hurt them. And out of that, they're just low on scholarship players. I mean, I think they only have as many as seven scholarship players on the roster right now that can play. And right now, that just doesn't help things at this point. And it keeps you limited if injuries start to mount up. In the last couple of years, things have not gone well. I mean, Robbie Carmody has 
had two straight ACL tears the past two seasons. That would have been a key player to the roster. So not having him doesn't help. And there's been hot and cold uh, periods for their top players. I mean, they have players that have had big games and then they've fallen off the radar. I mean, Dane Goodwin can hit threes, but he just doesn't have the consistency. You could say the same thing about Prentice Hub. He can hit threes on the inside, have big games, but then other games he's a no-show. And the same goes for Fluger and Gibbs and across the board. When you have those situations, I'm sure uh, Mike Bray's pulling his hairs out, what hair he has, and uh, it just is a bad situation. And unfortunately, that injury bug and the lack of experience has also plagued the women's program. That's why Muffin McGraw's team has been a non-factor this season as well. Well, we'll see what happens. Obviously, we, we don't anticipate unless something really major happens and some records are broken that, that they're going to end up in Atlanta. Uh, but, but hey, as, as we look forward to some of the, the, uh, the top-seeded teams, what, who are we looking forward to be, uh, uh, you know, in the top seeds here as we get ready for March Madness? I'm very curious to see where Obi Toppin and Dayton are seated because a lot of people think that they should be given the same respect that St. Joe was several years ago when they had Delonte West and Jarvis Nelson, and they were given a number one seed and got all the way to the Elite Eight. Now, granted, I don't know if this team is as good as that St. Joe Hawk team was several years ago, but I think uh, if they continue to go their run and win the A-10 regular season and the conference tournament, they, I think, can make a late charge maybe for that fourth number one seed on the one line. Great things are happening with Baylor. They're 19-1, and one, but you guys also look at Gonzaga. They're 23-1, and one, uh, but between the two of them, who gets the number one, who gets the number two seed? I'm going to go with Baylor getting the number one seed and, and Gonzaga getting the number two seed right now. I'm not so sure, though, Baylor's going to be able to beat Kansas in the Big 12 tournament. I'd say that game could mean a lot. If they both get to the finals, whoever wins that Big 12 tournament, I think right. they get a one seed, and whoever loses it may be left off the one line. I'm not convinced but, Baylor is the best in the Big 12. I still think Kansas could be the best team in the Big 12 right now. And and that might be true. It's certainly, we, we we like to root for our usual suspects, and Kansas being one of those usual suspects, but and when we look at the record and, and you look at the Big 12 and we talk about strength of schedule and all this other stuff that we're going to get into later on in, in the month and as we get into toward uh, 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 March, as we, if you look at that alone in the Big 12, they're both in the Big 12. They're 19-1 in the Big 12, and, and uh, Kansas is 18-3 in the Big 12. That's going to be a big coin flipper. And then another question for you. How about speaking of Big 12, 12 teams in the Big 10 in the NCAA tournament? Do they deserve that many teams? <laughs> you know, that's open for kind of uh, – yes. I mean, yes, I think they do. But, I mean, the thing about it is who, who, how do you go about – and so we're going to get into all this as we get through the, through the month. But, but then you also got to remember, look at teams like San Diego State. Uh, it, 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 for the Mountain West, they're undefeated. They're 23-0. and 0. Where do we put them at? I don't know. If they're going to get probably get the same treatment Wichita State win when they went ran the table regular season-wise a few years ago, even though I don't think they necessarily deserve that. But uh, 
I mean, you look at San Diego State's record, and yes, I mean, Steve Fisher's done an outstanding job coaching that team, but there's no big wins that say, you know, this is a team that can make a big run in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I just don't see it. And, I mean, if there's a situation right now where they're a one seed, they're not going to be put in the West Regional anyway, so I don't know if being a one seed in the Midwest region or the East or the South for San Diego state, because unless Gonzaga falls apart, they're not going to be the number one seed in the West regional. Well, you know, let's uh, real quickly, why, why we still got a, a minute or two here. Uh, we talked a little bit about Dayton. Dayton's probably suited right now. They're 20 and two. They're probably suited for a number six seed. I, I, I would think if we were to put the brackets together today, of course we've got, three or four weeks uh, yet before that's going to happen. But I think Dayton is right there in the sixth seed at 20 and two. I think right now Dayton looks good. The question like same thing with San Diego state is, I mean, obviously they have a player of substance and OB top and there's no question about that. I mean, there's rumor question right now after this year, does OB top and, uh, stay with Dayton another year, or does he go to the NBA draft where he is projected to be a lottery selection? Uh, I think, obviously, you know what, the Dayton fans of being an ex-Dayton alum myself, I'd love to see him stay, but I just don't know if that's going to happen or not. But uh, I think this team has done enough to at least merit a possible look at an outside one seat if the other big teams start falling by the wayside. I'd say right now, if I had to guess, I'd say they're a two or three seat is what they're going to get. You know, staying on the subject of Dayton, and, and we're going to just kind of emerge into this later on in the show, but IU plays Purdue. Uh, Archie Miller came from Dayton. Archie Miller was supposed to be the the new Bobby Knight, and no, and, and meaning the new, the new legacy, the new franchise, the new face of the organization, the guy that can get people to come to, to Indiana. And he's had his chance. He's let's. I mean, I, I'm an IU alum, so I'm just going to say IU fans, especially when it comes to basketball, are, are not very patient. And I think we've given him more than ample opportunities to get recruits. He's had some top uh, uh, blue-chip recruits that can come there. He's just not been able to get that for whatever reason. For whatever reason. We look at if they don't get to the NCAA tournament and they don't get at least to the I'll say at least to the Sweet 16, we got to be looking at not only replacing an athletic director at the Indi- at Indiana University, but a new Indiana University uh, basketball coach. And that might be Archie's saving grace because they are in the process of finding a new uh, athletic director. So there may not be any major changes there. So that might be his saving grace. But what is going on with Archie Miller and the Indiana Hoosiers? Well, here's the thing that people keep forgetting. When Bob Knight was the head coach of IU, IU men's basketball was the number one focus of that program. Things have changed, though. You have a thing where football is starting to draw a little more attention. Uh, Women's basketball is starting to draw a little more attention. Baseball has had some big seasons in the past, so... It's not just about men's basketball, and I think maybe that focus now being spread in multiple directions is possibly hurting that men's basketball program a bit. Matthew Embry, uh, WSBT and South Bend, joins us and talking some IndyCar with us. 
Matthew, uh, we're going to really get deep into this uh, basketball conversation as we as we move along, but we've got to move on down the down the road here. Do you want to stick around and talk some uh, uh, NASCAR Daytona 500 with us, or do you got to bail? I got to go. A lot of stuff going on at the station today. Of course, uh, don't forget WSBT at 5:30. We will have coverage of Duke, North Carolina, coming up later today, and also on Sunday at 5:40. Notre Dame takes on Clemson. So a lot of stuff going on WSBT, and I'm headed down there to get the ball rolling and have a little fun and get all those programs on the air here shortly. Sounds good. Matthew, where can people find your work in Masterpiece, sir? M-A-T-T-E-M-B-U-R-Y at Twitter. Of course, that's at Twitter.com. And uh, that's my main focus right now. And certainly I'm going to be keeping an eye on the lines here to see uh, what happens here the next few weeks uh, with all the testing going on and the last few rides and possibly some Indy 500 announcements coming up. So a big fun day to be an IndyCar fan over the next few weeks as we draw closer and closer to St. Petersburg. Well, absolutely. Matthew Embry, WSBT up in South Bend. Matthew, have yourself a good weekend. We'll catch up with you soon. And anytime, Tom. Matthew uh, Embry, uh, WSBT up in South Bend, joins us. Uh, we're getting ready to gear up because you know what today we do? We kicked off our NASCAR season here in the balance. Even though uh, NASCAR has been kind of going for a couple weeks, next week is the uh, granddaddy of them all, if, as they say, uh, the Daytona 500. Coming up next, Steve Wilson of, uh, uh, of Speedway Digest, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, joins us. And we're going to begin our NASCAR season right here on the Balance Radio Network. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. 
Shop the Symbol Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. some technical difficulties with uh, our uh, uh, sound bites gearing up and getting you ready for the Daytona 500. So my apologies on that. We'll we'll try to get all of that fixed. Let, but let's uh, let's move forward now. Joining us now, Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest, editor in chief of Speedway Digest, helps us kick off our NASCAR season. Uh, Steve, I had you all teed up and ready to go, and but my sound bites failed. So. I, I do apologize, but I want to bring you in, in in magnificent glory as you raised up from the floor onto the stage among all of us to the greatness of NASCAR. How are you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well. How about yourself? 
Good, man. I tell you what, you get everything all planned out, and, and uh, it, 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 it worked fine pre-show. It worked fine last night, but not working, not working uh, good now. But it is the, the it is the Daytona 500, and you know we got some breaking news this week with uh, NASCAR. So I always got like to play the this I know works. Obviously, NASCAR announced a, a multi-year extension uh, with uh, the K&N Engineering. They announced that uh, a, a few days ago. Uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about, about that big announcement, and then we'll get into our official NASCAR kickoff and get ready for the Daytona 500. But how big of a deal is this K&N Engineering partnership? Well, I mean, for, for them to continue to support the series is um, huge. I mean, they've been a title partner in the regional racing for quite some years, and now ARCA has kind of, I mean, sorry, um, Menards has taken that over. Um, but, you know, we we have a, a these partnerships that continue to last, um, you know, build the brands and continue to build um, the series up. Uh, you know these teams go out there, and a lot of times they're they're very brand specific, and even NASCAR fans themselves are brand specific. So when they see partnerships like this come together or extended, um, you know they remember these things, and they remember these things to go out there, and when they're making their own purchases, uh, they they uh, tend to move towards that direction of supporting the people that support the series. Well, and you're right. It's it's been a great partnership that they uh, that they that they that they've had there. So, uh, Matthew, let's. Uh, I got to get on to the next guest, uh, Steve. I got it. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, but 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 Steve, let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with NASCAR as we get geared up, and we've had some uh, practice results. Uh, with in the in the Arca Menard series as well, but just overall, just bring us into the 2020 season of NASCAR. Who to watch? Not who. who what 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 are the dark horses? And let's uh, keep in mind, uh, Jimmy Johnson begins his farewell tour uh, this year with NASCAR. So, uh, what does Daytona have planned for that? Uh, your your home track is uh, Richmond. I know that. Uh, Doug Bowles here in Indianapolis has already talked about some of the things he's going to be doing for uh, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson begins his farewell tour, so let's start with that uh, as he begins to say goodbye as a, as a full-time driver and, and enter into the world of retirement in NASCAR. Um, you know, it's uh, for I think for the biggest thing is we're just going to continue to see the domination of Joe Gibbs Racing like we did last year. I don't see any reason why uh, we would think anything different. They won almost half the races last year, and they won the championship with Kyle Busch. Uh, they started the season off with Denny Hamlin winning the Daytona 500. They were strong all year long, and all their drivers within – uh, their organization were very strong and very competitive, uh, winning races. Didn't win uh, Denny himself, um, who went winless in 2018, um, won multiple races himself. So I think that he's back on top where he was. Um, and he, he culminating, like I said, in the end of the year with uh, Kyle Busch winning 
uh, the championship for them. Um, for for them, um, it, it's you know Toyota continues to be dominant. Toyota continues to invest into the sport, and we see that in the results that we um, from last year and. When we get these cars on track later on today, uh, you know, you continue. You will have to continue looking at them. But Ford Performance has been traditionally good at these racetracks, and they've put a lot of um, they've put a lot of technical skill into running these super speedways like Daytona and Talladega. And you have to look at all the teams out there that that will be using that Roush Yates engines uh, and to power their cars and. Those will be people that we have to continue to watch at tracks like this, and uh, you know, Chevrolet for for their um, for for their effort is going to be you know uh, strong for themselves. So we've seen Austin Dillon went out there in the last couple of years for Richard Childress Racing, who's been a powerhouse organization, and you know, for uh, I think today will be a, a good a good key to see who's uh, on top of their game and who's not, and get us into the bush clash for tomorrow and pull on outside pole qualifying for the Daytona 500. Well, we certainly do have the clash uh, tomorrow. Uh, we'll get into that here in, in just in just a second, but let's kind of talk a little bit about the Bush brothers. Uh, they're always a storyline for us to look at in, in NASCAR. Uh, when we look at Kurt and Kyle, uh, separately, two separate racers, brothers, uh, but both very, very competitive racers in the NASCAR circuit. Yeah, I mean, they're super competitive, both of them themselves. And, uh, you know, you take what Kurt Busch came over to uh, Chip Ganassi Racing last year and uh, I think tried to start turning that organization around like he's done in the past, and we've seen him do that at various organizations that he's been at in the last couple of years is, he comes in there and he's able to take a look at uh, he's able to take a look at what's going on and use his uh, veteran status over there to uh, maybe rework some things over there and get them on a better performance level. And yeah, I think that the, the turnaround over at Chip Ganassi Racing, which uh, you know is competitive over in the IndyCar side, has not been as competitive on the NASCAR side. And you know, with Kurt Busch in the house, it'll give him the opportunity, or Chip Ganassi Racing, the opportunity to to build upon some of those things that they want to, and get back into victory lane and uh, start start winning races again, start being more competitive out there. And I think Carl uh, Larson himself over there as a teammate is, you know, he's a competitive person, but I think as an organization, they have to be able to figure out what they've been doing wrong to. Uh, to get back to that status and, and give both Kurt and Kyle uh, opportunities to go to victory lane and win races. So, but, you know, for his brother, we saw what he did last year and winning the championship and, you know, both of the two of them will continue to be competitive with one another. And I, I you know, this will just continue on. Kurt Busch, I'm sure is getting into the winning years of his career. So we may not see the Bush brothers out there uh, together for, uh, too much longer, but you know we we have them now, and uh, we'll continue to see them compete and um, do what they do out there. You know, let's talk just for a moment about Kyle. Kyle Busch. I mean, he's never won a Daytona 500, and, and you think about his magnificence or his. I mean, everybody knows Kyle Busch because he wins his races. I mean, uh, and he's but and he he went and won a summer cup race there at Daytona. 
and three qualifying races, uh, the Bush Clash and a summer Xfinity race. He, he's, he's did some stuff at Daytona, but he's never won the Daytona 500 itself. Why, why is that? Or, or how, is that going to change this year? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, he's been, um, you know, he's not, he's not been that great at, at super speedways. And I think there's a lot of drivers out there that um, just don't perform well at super speedways. You think back a couple of years ago where he wrecked and broke his leg and ended up winning his first championship there. Uh, um, but, you know, it, I think I kind of equate, like, equate it again to like somebody else like Jimmy Johnson and try and throw him into the conversation is, He's not been traditionally good at these super speedways. There seems to always be something that happens, and uh, you know, I've I've heard for years that you know you, you look back over the careers of some of these drivers, and you know, there's there's just people that just have a natural talent to go out there and race these super speedways, and uh, you know, Dale Earnhardt and Dale Jr. Um, you know, come to mind into that. That uh, you know, I think that between them and uh, you know, Junior Johnson that discovered the draft uh, at these super speedways. There's Brad Keselowski and others that just have this natural talent, and, and that's not to take away from their driving abilities for for Kyle or Jimmy or you know some of the other drivers. But you know, they just there just seems to be this natural talent for these drivers, some of these drivers to go out to super speedway racing and excel at it and you know it's like people that are good on short tracks good as people that are good on road courses and whatever you know uh you know martin Truex jr that seems to excel on these 1.5 minute intermediate tracks uh you know i think everybody has their favorite tracks that they want to race on and they they have uh you know the what they're good at and what they're not as good at and i i just think that you know you know kyle has uh talked against you know several times uh, racing against it, these super speedways and the fact of you know he's frustrated in how he runs at them and uh you know i, I think it just really you see some of these drivers that have that natural ability to go down and and do it and others uh you know don't excel at it excel at it as well and i think that's kind of where we find kyle bush you know uh Racing NASCAR, in, if you're a team owner, it's kind of like putting together a jigsaw puzzle, if you will. You've got to put the pieces together in the right way. And Roger Penske, I mean, there's not a better owner. I think nobody's going to argue with me about this. There's not a better owner in racing, NASCAR, uh, sports car, uh, IndyCar, than Roger Penske. But he kind of uh, – uh, just threw everything up in the mix uh, uh, by jumbling up the, the driver crew chief lineup after his organization won six races and placed all three in the top eight points. Uh, but uh, BK Brad Glusky recently said, Hey, uh, we want to be great. And we want to win championships. You've got to recognize that winning races is still a significant accomplishment in this sport. It's a great competition week, uh, week in and week out. So winning good, uh, but also emphasizes that the greatness is the championship, and we didn't win it. It means we've got to we've got work to do. And so Daytona makes the debut of the new uh, combinations, if you will. Koloski paired with new crew chief uh, Je- uh, Jeremy Bollins. Uh, Joey Logano is teamed with uh, crew chief Paul Wolf. 
who led Kolotsky to a championship in 2012. Ryan Blaney is working uh, with Todd Gordon, who guided uh, Logano to the Cup title in 2018. So uh, a lot of shaking and baking going on in the Penske camp there. Yeah, I think, you know, Roger and everybody over there is just trying to build the teams up to, to be competitive um, with some of their peers out there. And you got to give him all the credit in the world to, to make those changes and make some of these tough changes that you need. Jeremy Bowens has been around this sport for quite some time. He's worked for the Wood Brothers, and he's worked for other people in this sport. So I think that you have to take a look at what he's uh, what he's been able to accomplish over his over his career. And uh you know, uh, for for Brad, I'm sure he's frustrated after the end of last year, um, and uh, probably feels like um, they should be more competitive than that than they are. And uh, truthfully, you know, Penske Racing has been in the last couple of years the dominant four team out there, and you know, I can see the frustration as to. You know, you look at uh, uh, Joe Gibbs Racing and you see them winning, you know, <clears throat> essentially every other week in, in the series between their four four drivers. And, you know, Penske is, uh, you know, not performing on that level. So, you know, you, you've got, you know, Roger and everybody over there, Tim, that runs that, uh, runs it. Um, you know, th- those those people are very, very smart. They're, they, they know how to run, not only run a business, but try and uh, – you know, continue to perform where they need to be performing at. And I think, you know, they just took a, a hard look at last year and look at where other teams are. And, uh, and I think that's where you see the opportunities arise to start making some moves. You know, we, there, there's, there's a few races a year that we look at and we say, it's not, it's not if, I mean, it's not when or if, but it's going to happen. The big one's going to happen. And, and Daytona 500 is one of one of those. Last year's Daytona 500 saw, saw 36 of 40 cars involved in a crash. Uh, and uh, so there's going to be a big a big wreck there at the Daytona 500 because everybody's competitive. There's a few other tracks that we look at, uh, you know, Talladega and Bristol and some other tracks, uh, Martinsville. And we know there's going to be a, a big one. It's not a matter of when. It's just a ma- it's not a matter of if. It's just a matter of when. So let's talk about this. Will the chaos in Daytona, Florida, continue next weekend? <laughs> Uh, I I don't think it ever stopped and ever will as long as we continue to race at these super speedways. It's going to be an element of the race, and we see see so many varying degrees of how people try to run this race, and we see people try to jump to the back of the race during you know the first half of it or so and watch some of this shake out and try and miss it, but. Inevitably, as the the laps close down, uh, the racing, you know, your friends go away and the racing picks up and, uh, you know, people are, you know, have been in that car for three, three and a half hours at that point and, uh, you know, concentration levels uh, start to wane, uh, anger starts to pick up and, uh, you know, there's people that are looking for that prize, the Daytona 500, uh, you know, prestigious win. Um, you know, and they're going to do anything that they can to make it happen. And, you know, that's where we see a lot of these incidents come in. Well, well we've only got you here for a few more minutes, and then we've got to move on into some uh, other talk. But uh, we're, we're getting in our NASCAR conversation with Steve Wilson from Speedway Digest at Daytona 500 next weekend. But tomorrow is the clash, the duels. 
what, uh, talk with us what to look for from that, Ed, and, and who do you look for to kind of, when the dust all settles, what are we looking at at the end of the day tomorrow? Well, I'm just, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are, are happy about two things. First, that Bush is back on it as the brand name for the race, somebody that had been on it for, for so many years um, when it first started. And two, they're they're happy that it's returning um, right after Daytona 500 qualifying on Sunday afternoon. So we get to see Daytona 500 qualifying, and then we get to back it up with the Bush Clash. Um, you know, these drivers are going to have two, at least 18 different drivers going to have two attempts on the track tomorrow to uh, make something happen. And uh, um, who comes out at the end of the day, I, I always hate to try and, figure out these super speedways because so many things and calamity happens, um, you know, at, at various points and somebody, inevitably somebody that I've picked uh, is uh, unfortunately uh, caught up in one of these calamities. So I try and uh, not pick too much more, but I, uh, I I say that Ford performance continues to be strong there, and uh, I'm, let's let's say that somebody from Ford performance uh, in that stable will go to victory lane tomorrow in the Bush Clash. But um, you know, now that I've said that, um, the whole field of Fords will will probably be caught up in something tomorrow because traditionally, manufacturers in the last couple of years is something that Ford themselves started. They like to all run together, and they like to run with their friends, and they don't like to run with uh, other manufacturers until it's, uh, you know, uh, at the end of the race. And, friend, like I said, friends go away, and, you know, you're doing everything that you can. So, uh, you know, now that, like I said, now that I said that Ford, uh, the Ford cars will probably all be caught up into something tomorrow. <laughs> well, isn't that how it always goes? You, just, you got to go with the what you think is going to happen, and then go with the opposite of what's, uh, what you think is going to happen. Uh, we've been jo- joined by Steve Wilson, our official NASCAR contributor, and, and I appreciate the time that you, you've been able to give us, and I, and I know you'll be with us throughout the season as much as you can, you, you can possibly uh, be with us. But give us a quick outlook, in-look or outlook of, of the 2020 season uh, in, in the next uh, minute or so. I think these these teams they're going to go out with a bang. This is the last year of the car, so you we we don't have to worry about rebuilding cars this year. They don't have to worry about uh yeah uh you know bringing the same car back to the racetrack next year. So I think you're you're going to see drivers and teams pretty much hang this thing completely all the way out into the wind and see what they can do. Um, in the final year of the car, and maybe we'll have a few surprises in there. Um, unfortunately, unless Jimmy Johnson kind of turns this thing around from last year, I think we continue to see Jimmy in the same place. We'll see um, JGR Motorsports, uh, I mean, JGR Racing um, out there still doing their thing with Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, and all those guys. Um, I'm going to be, I, I'm going to be, watching the rookie class because we have the, the the big three from Xfinity that will be uh, in there this year with Christopher Bell and Tyler Reddick and uh, Cole Custer that are moving up. So those will be uh, fun drivers that we've watched in the Xfinity series over the last two years or so um, really um, probably come up there and start putting on a show for us in the Cup Series. 
Dave Wilson of Speedway Digest. We appreciate you uh, joining us. Uh, where can people find your work at Masterpieces? And, and uh, follow along for tomorrow's action in the next week with the Daytona 500. You can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Speedway Digest, and SpeedwayDigest.com. All right, Steve, we appreciate you, and we'll be uh, talking with you soon and looking forward to another season of NASCAR. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thank you. Steve Wilson, Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor. My name is Tom Mark Vassell, President Day. We'll be right back with Tony Donner for the Tony D Podcast. Uh, going to be talking the IU-Purdue game. And, uh, well, you know, sports book betting is legal. We're going to get into that conversation. Teenage dreaming, frosty leaning, baby, come give me a kiss. Put me on the cover of the Rolling Stone Uptown Down Home American Kids. Growing up in little pink houses, making out on living room couches, blowing that smoke on Saturday night. A little messed up, but we're all all right. Church parking lot, trying not to get caught. Take her home and give her your jacket. Making it to second base, but saying you went all the way Monday afternoon at practice. Sister's got a boyfriend, daddy doesn't lie. Now he's sitting out back, 30 30 in his lap in the blue bug dapper life. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah! What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, that went in my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. All right, welcome back to the Palace. One hour in the can. Thank you to uh, Matthew Embry, WSBT, and South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor, uh, breaking down the uh, IndyCar funny season and and this uh, tease that we have, this prom date tease that we have with uh, James Hinchcliffe. Also joining us uh, was Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest. As we begin our NASCAR talk, the Daytona 500 duels are tomorrow, and the Daytona 500 is next weekend. But joining us now is Tony Donahue from Tony D Podcast, who's going to help us invest our money wisely in some of these uh, games and races, but help us also break some of this down. Tony, how are you, sir? Good, man. How you doing? Fantastic. Hey, real quickly, I want to get yours because I know you you, you kind of follow the IndyCar stuff like we do. James Hinchcliffe is just uh, 
dangling the carrot out there. What do we know? What are your thoughts on this? You know, it's kind of confusing because, um, you know, you thought maybe he's going to announce what he's going to do in May because uh, he has been in talks with multiple teams like Andretti, like Ganassi, like Ray Hall. But at the end of the day, when there was nothing announced yesterday and it was just a video that he's, like, accepting a challenge and running through the woods, uh, my thoughts were pretty simple. It was like, all right, well, um, this seems like kind of petty since, you know, McLaren announced their announcement about 20 minutes prior, and he's not racing for them, as we know, and, and they offered him up some other things, but he's decided to move on. So it, it just kind of seemed petty out of James. And he's such a fan favorite and such a respectable guy. I, it was just really confusing because it would have made sense if you would announce, oh, I'm accepting the challenge, I'll be back for the 500 or something along those lines. But it was just confusing. There was nothing announced. It was just him running through the woods and talking about coming back. And it's like, okay, we've seen – thousands of comeback stories in racing in IndyCar, whether it's Sonardi or Bourdais or Hinch is obviously one of the more popular ones because he's one of the more popular drivers. But uh, when that came out, I was like, all right, well, we didn't really learn anything from this. It's just a video of him running <laughs> through the woods. Uh, so let's see, what, let's, let's see where this goes. So hopefully he announces something over the next couple of weeks. You know, and, and there's also – it won't happen, obviously, in 2020, but there's also – there's been rumors and there's been uh, chatter about – Honda doing some stuff with NASCAR. There, there might be that. He's got this sponsorship with Genesis. But here's what I got from the video. And, and, and I know this is extreme. Uh, and, and I don't follow the show, so I, I don't have any firsthand knowledge of this. But running through the woods, challenge accepted. We saw another duel uh, do this before, and that's the amazing race with Connor Daly. Is the is the is the race not in a car, but on foot because he's running through the race? Is he going to be on the next amazing race? <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, that never really came uh, to my mind. Um, the, what I looked at it was well, first of all, once you got past like it was like he was training in Rocky. Uh, once you got past that point, um, you know maybe it means that he's got a ride. I don't know. He should. I expect him to be in the Indianapolis 500 full time. I don't. Uh, yeah, that was. It's just really confusing. Kind of le- left you puzzled. And it was almost just like, hey, I want to take away from Arrow, McLe- you know, Arrow Schmidt McLaren's uh, announcement because you know they don't want me. So I'm gonna try to one up them with the video. Yeah, the video was cool, but it's like, okay, well, I didn't get anything out of this. So um, it almost kind of came off petty to me. And, and I like James a lot. I think he's a great guy. Um, but that was just super confusing. I think we're all pretty confused about it. Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll definitely see what happens. I know we got you for a limited amount of time. Uh, two things I want to get out of you today. I want to talk with you about IU Purdue, and I want to talk with you a little bit about how we begin to prepare ourselves. Uh, and I want to find out how you did in, in the sportsbook betting on the Super Bowl. But I know you got got a new gig going on here, so we want to give you ample opportunity to do some uh, selfless promotion there. But IU Purdue, I'm an IU alumni, but this is a big matchup. Gene Cades is going to be there, down in Bloomington. Certainly the rumor mill is flying about Bobby Knight showing up. Nothing official about that. They're going to be honoring the, I think it's the, the well, it was the team that Isaiah Thomas is on because he was he, he's going to be there today. They're going to be honoring that Big Ten championship uh, game. But IU-Purdue, you look at Purdue, put up 100 points against Iowa. Uh, so going into this game, this is big, and IU needs some wins or they're going to be uh, 
going to prom again with the, at the NIT, uh, but IU is 15 and 7, and, and Purdue is 13 and 10. Neither one of those are very exciting to the committee when they're when they're putting the brackets together on Selection Sunday. So we, both teams have got to do uh, start beginning to do their their part uh, uh, for uh, March Madness because honestly, I think you could put this down on one of your prop bets here. I think that that Archie Miller is very much on the hot seat. His saving grace might be that that IU is uh, still trying to hire a uh, new athletic director, so they may not go down the road of trying to hire a new coach and athletic director at the same at the same time. So that might be his saving grace. But IU's got to get some stuff together. Big big game today, two o'clock. Purdue and IU. What what say you, sir? Yeah, it's a big weekend for sports overall. You know, you talk about the Super Bowl last week, and then you got, you know, Daytona 500 qualifying tomorrow. And, um, you know, you look at Purdue and you ask yourself, okay, who are they at home compared to who they are at, at, on the road? I mean, we see them blow out Iowa. We saw them limit Virginia a couple months back to 37 points. We saw them spank Michigan State at home a few Saturdays ago. Then they go on a road, and it's like they're a junior college team. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, they can't make shots. I don't think they're going to be able to win at IU today. It's only a two-point spread. Uh, both both teams, though, desperately need this basketball game. You think about, okay, IU, if, if they lose, say, the committee's going to look at it and say, oh, you lost to a Purdue team that couldn't do anything on the road. And if you're Purdue, you, you need this game to say, hey, this is a team right now, the Indiana Hoosiers, that are inside the tournament. They are in the tournament as of right now. We went on the road and beat them and got a nice little resume win. It's not the best resume win that we have, um, but it's certainly probably our best road win. Uh, we'll see what happens. This game's very close. Both teams need it. I give IU the slight advantage, especially at home, because Purdue, just Tom, they've not been able to do anything on the road. It's been almost incredible just how bad they are on the road compared to how good they are at home. Uh, we'll see what happens mm-hmm. today. Um, you're gonna, if you're Purdue, you're going to have to shoot lights out. You're going to have to get on them early and often, get the crowd in, get the crowd out of this one if you're going to want to have a chance. But um, I like IU's chances today. It'll be, a, it'll be a good win. won't be their best win. won't be a huge win. But it'll be one of those, we need this win. We should have got it done, and we did. I think it's a must win. I really, I really do. And, you know, but, again, we talk about uh, Purdue putting up 100 points against Iowa. Maybe during the, the, the warm-ups, uh, IU's got to go over there. And as heard Fish say on John's show yesterday, go rub their heads and see if something rubs off <laughs> because something happened there uh, with Purdue uh, versus Iowa. Let's talk a little bit about your sports betting uh, gig and, and help us uh, as we go into Let's look at this game. I think the over and under is 150, I think. I'm not totally sure. You probably might know more about this than that. But as we, maybe we bet on this game or maybe we bet on the Daytona 500. Uh, give, us, uh, give us some hints. Give us some nuggets. Uh, give us some advice. Uh, how to invest in our draft kings, if you will. Uh, well, stay away from the Pacers because we just don't know what they are. And with Victor not playing tonight, the Pelicans coming in, uh, stay away from the Pacers. When it comes to the IU game, uh, my, my bet will be a simple play of IU on the money line, minus 125. This game has potential to be really close down the stretch. You know Purdue's going to get up for it. It's a rivalry game. You know that they're going uh, to bring their A, their a game. So this could come down to the wire, could come down to free throws. Um, when it comes to Daytona, so you got qualifying tomorrow, you get you get two rounds of qualifying to set the front row. Um, it seems like Daytona 500 qualifying lives on its headlines to kind of hype the race up throughout the week. 
So um, there's no question in my mind that Jimmy Johnson is going to be in contention for the poll because it's his last Daytona 500. Remember a couple of years ago, it was Danica Patrick on the poll for the Daytona 500. That's a huge storyline. Um, Austin Dillon in the number three car as a rookie is on the poll. Uh, Chase Elliott is on the poll. Then William Byron takes the poll after replacing Jeff Gordon. Um, it just seems like Daytona 500 qualifying lives on its headline. So I think you'll see Jimmy Johnson in contention for the poll coming up tomorrow, and then you'll get the dual qualifying races on uh, on Thursday night next week, and you get the Bush Clash All-Star race tomorrow. So, yeah, Daytona gets you kind of full swing in the racing mode, and then next thing you know, Tom, it'll be March. We'll be talking about IndyCar and St. Pete and the <laughs> NCAA tournament. There we go. I'm ready for, for all of that. Uh, but, hey, if I'm making a bet, do I want to do a prop bet or do I want to do – a win-loss bet or kind of a, a parlay my stuff. What, what, what's your best advice for the amateur novice uh, guy who just, okay, well, I got an extra 50 bucks. I'm going to throw it in here and see what happens. Yeah. What, what's your advice there? Um, what I would do is if you're a new better, I would remember to take your heart out of it because uh, you can't be betting with your heart. That normally doesn't work out. So my suggestion would be if you've had a simple 50 bucks, Find a game that you're going to be watching, you're going to pay attention to, whether it's on TV or whether it's how you produce, and simply do um, a quick little money line bet. Whether You're not going to make a lot on the juice, but just pick a, pick a winner, win a little cash, and then find your, do a money – I like to do money line parlays uh, of teams that are favorited. Yeah, it takes five or six to hit, uh, and you're not going to hit for a million like everybody thinks you are in a parlay, but you put a nice little money line parlay together, it could go a long way. You could turn 10 of the 50 or 60 bucks real quick. So parlays are fun. Don't expect to win them. Uh, I always say it's like when you go to the casino and you play blackjack. When you're playing blackjack, you have that bonus that you can play right there. It's normally it's three-card poker, or maybe it's if the dealer busts, or if you get a blackjack or whatever. Um, it hits about one out of every eight to nine times. That, that one hit should cover the other eight or nine, and if you happen to hit it two or three times, you're, you're in the money. So. Um, just have fun with it. I know a lot of people think that they can get rich overnight. It's just not how that happens. There's a reason why Vegas has all those big, tall buildings and all those mega casinos out there. So just have fun, tread lightly, and just uh, sit back and enjoy the games. Hey, here's a, a scenario for you, a prop bet, if you will. Uh, uh, the Dallas Cowboys shop, Tom Brady and, and Zach, Pres- Zach Prescott goes sh- uh, Goes shopping in the Indianapolis Colts. Talk to Zach Prescott. Uh, how 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 far off is that? That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. There's no way it, on God's green earth that Tom Brady's <laughs> leaving New England. Um, and you know they've been so invested with Dak that uh, they've been so invested in Dak Prescott in Dallas that I don't think there's any way they get rid of him. So uh, we'll just have to see what happens. All right. Well, I know we only had you for a limited amount of time today, so uh, appreciate appreciate you joining us. The XFL starts tomorrow, the reboot. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to watch, Tom. I mean, you think about people just love football, so there's that. And, you know, there's going to be – you're going to get more access. It's going to be – it's going to be different than what we see in the NFL on a weekly basis. But uh, – I thought it was fun when it was here in what the late nineties, early two thousands. So I think that I think it's going to be something fun to watch. It's going to be different. Um, why not give it a chance? I mean, what there's there's eight teams. Pick a team you like the most. 
I'll take the Seattle Dragons, I guess. And uh, I mean, it'll it'll be interesting. Uh, it's it's definitely I think worth giving it a shot, giving it a chance to check out. Um, it could suck for all we know, but um, as much money as they're putting into that thing, it, it it should at least have some entertainment value, right? Well, absolutely, and then you wonder if Seattle's going to have the Flying Dragons. Okay, that's my Game of Thrones uh, reference <laughs> there. So, <laughs> all right, Tony, we appreciate you, man. We'll talk with you soon, buddy. All righty, man. Have a great day. Hey, Tony, where can people find you working masterpieces at, sir? Yeah, just uh, follow me on Twitter at Tony D Indy. Uh, you'll see the link to my podcast and to everything else I do, and uh, we'll see what happens with the Pacers tonight. They're probably the most confusing team since Victor Oladipo returned. And uh, he's not playing tonight. Pelicans are a tough team. Zion Williamson, we, we know what he can do. Uh, you know, and you've got Brandon Ingram who's playing well. We'll see what happens. It'll be an interesting game tonight for Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Yeah, and they're playing in their Lucky Hickory uh, uniform. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> All right, Tony. Thank you. You have a good day, buddy. You too. Take care. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast joins us. And uh, I know we only had him for a limited amount of time. Uh, Mo for the BS Sports Show tells us it's a game time decision. So it may or may not be uh, me and you uh, uh, for the rest of the show. But it, that's okay if it is. We'll be, we'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike... You know, dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. 
GEICO makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on GEICO.com or the GEICO mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. My name's Tom Marquez, El Presidente, 917-889-8516. I tell you what, great conversation we just had with Tony Donahue, the Tony D Podcast. Uh, also, thank you to Matthew Embry of uh, WSBT up in South Bend, our official indie car contributor. Uh, talk about what's going on with James Hinchcliffe. I mean, he's dangling the carrot for some reason, and well, we don't really know why. We don't know really what, what, but we know that he's he's put some tweets up. And if you don't follow him on Twitter, go ahead and do that and follow him at Hinchdown. Uh, but he he posted and tweeted some uh, different stuff, if you will. Uh, as Tony alluded to, he was running through the woods, uh, getting back into the race car. Uh, we know he's got a new sponsorship with Genesis, so uh, just a lot of that we we just uh, we don't know a lot of the unknowns, and and so we'll see what happens with uh, James Hinchcliffe. Also, Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest joined us and talking with us a little bit about the Daytona 500 and the kickoff of the NASCAR season uh, 2020. I mean, yeah, NASCAR probably has one of the the shortest uh, seasons, if you it, it, off seasons, if you will. Uh, but uh, as we talked about, Jimmy Johnson going to be uh, on his farewell tour. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. You follow these sports for so many years, and then you just uh, 
it's like you wake up one day and say, what? what's, what's going on here? Because, you know, like myself, I remember Jimmy Johnson as a rookie. Uh, Jimmy Johnson being a, a protege or a uh, prodigy uh, or not prodigies, that's not the word I want, but a, a, a someone that was a mentor under um, Jeff Gordon. Uh, so we, we remember the Bush brothers coming in and, you know, just we, it's it's out with the old and in with the new. And we've we've seen a lot of the greats retire over the last few years. And uh, Tony Stewart, obviously Tony Stewart just recently getting into the Hall of Fame. Uh, and then you've got you had Dale Jr. Uh, that retired. You had Jeff Gordon that retired. So you, you've had a, a Martin Martin. You've had a lot of drivers that have retired, and we, we're kicking off our 2020 season with uh, the uh, farewell tour of, uh, of Jimmy Johnson. And so we'll see how that how all of that plays out. And 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 as we move forward into the 2020 season tomorrow or today or tomorrow, I mean, I'm sorry, tomorrow is the the clash of the duels of the Daytona 500. So. We'll see what happens there uh, and who gets on the pole. But uh, And then we just had a, a Tony Donahue, the Tony D podcast on, who, who joined us and, you know, uh, talked with us a little bit more about James Hinchcliffe and what's going on with there, there in uh, IU and Purdue. It's, it's really a must win for both teams. And But, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the IU camp, so I need to have uh, – uh, IU get a win. We need to have that win. Uh, we need to get into March Madness. We need to get into. Uh, we need to at least get to the Sweet 16. I think for for Tony. I mean for Tony. Uh, I'm bad on names today. Um, but uh, for for Archie to to uh, get off that hot seat that he's on. So we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, there. It's a game time decision for. Uh, Mo from the BS Sports Show who may join us. And then uh, tomorrow is also, I mean, today, I'm sorry, uh, is also the, the start of the XFL, the reboot. And uh, maybe they can get it right now. Oliver Luck, Andrew Luck's father, is uh, the commissioner. So we'll see if, if they can if they can get that, get their acts together on that. Nine one seven eight eight nine eight five one six is our digits. You know, we tried to do this earlier, and uh, we were having some audio difficulties, and so I thought what we do is just go ahead and try to replay this Daytona five hundred uh, sound bites that we were going to play prior to uh, Steve Wilson. Let's give it another shot.
there's a fight. Be a bit of a bad choice uh, for us. Uh, my apologies. Uh, we'll, we'll make it up to you as as the as the season goes along. What is, Tom Marquis? Maybe we could maybe we could salvage what's left of, of the show. Uh, and we're, <laughs> we'll get off the rail. We got off the rails. So my name is Tom Marquis L. Presidente. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom.
It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. See the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive-through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Symbol Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4-on-4 four four with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're one of my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Got up to 
66 degrees, the warmest temperature in their history. Antarctica, 66 degrees. So, huh. we'll let the political advocates uh, uh, go after that one. Uh, global warming, global cooling, climate change. I'm sure that it got up to 66 degrees because I put gas in my car yesterday. That explains it all. That's another topic for another show. Uh, you know what's good? You're here with the balance. Follow us at T-Balance. You know, we're not talking about impeachment. We're not talking about the craziness that's going on. This is a great escape. Escape. 917-889-8516. If you want to talk about something other than impeachment, Feel free to give us a, a call. Uh, but, to, yeah, follow us on, on T-Balance uh, on Twitter, uh, on Facebook. Just search The Balance. We're right there. We do we do a lot of our posts there and on Twitter. Uh, you can find us. In, you know, uh, we might sooner or later uh, get into some of these other social media stuff. Now, on my personal social media, if you follow me there, uh, you, you already know that I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all of this stuff. But, I don't know. It, may, it might be kind of hard to do Instagram with radio right, or podcasts. Or, and speaking of podcasts, I appreciate you joining us. It looks like it looks like we're not going to be joined by Mo from the BS Sports Show. But in all fairness, we're not we're not going to publicly shame him because he did warn me ahead of time yesterday that it could be a game time decision. So that said, he he get he gets a pass, but. You know, we you know it was a, it was a fun little tease, and and uh, we'll see if if he if he uh, if he if he makes an appearance. <laughs> if not, it's no big deal. You know, just sit here and listen to me chat, unless you want to call nine one seven eighty nine eight five one six. Thank you to uh, Matthew Embry, uh, WSBTF in South Bend, who joined us, talking with us a little bit. We we've been talking about this the whole show and. It's it's kind of weird. I mean, you know, social media has kind of become a platform of, hey, look at me now, some promotion, some uh, self-promotion. And so James Hinscliffe, I guess, is not unique in using uh, social media to to do this. But it's like, what's going on here? We we liken him to be the the prom date tease. Uh, I think we all know what the prom date tease is. We won't go down that road. But what is going on with James Sinclair? Is he going to be in an Indy 500 car ride? Is he going to be in another car ride? My bizarre prediction is going to be on the Amazing Race. I mean, because when you look at his videos that he posted on. Uh, on um, Twitter, you can follow him at Hinchtown. Just go uh, look at it. We'll try to retweet those videos from his Twitter uh, here in a little bit. But uh, you just we just have no clarification. We want to say we retweet with comment to say, James, tell us something. Don't leave us hanging. Something. What's going on? And so. I mean, are you going to be in a car? Are you not going to be in a car? 
and I get it, but why? Maybe you're doing it. Maybe there's not a deal yet. Well, if there's not a deal yet, then don't tease us. Don't tease us. If there's nothing there, there's nothing there. If there's no there there, then there's no there there. Don't make us think that there is a there and there's not a there. So James Hinchcliffe got to let us know what happened. So we we, we talked about that. And, of course, uh, uh, some other stuff going on in, in the funny season. But, you know, we're just a few short weeks away from opening up the IndyCar season in St. Petersburg, Florida. And, you know, it'll all come out. It will all come out. We'll, we'll see what happens. But, and then also we had uh, Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, uh, joined us to uh, help us kick off the NASCAR season. And so you know, a lot of different storylines going on. Uh uh Brian Blaney found out that William Bryan is uh dating his younger sister. Did you hear about that? <laughs> you know, the important things, the priorities of things. Uh, but the Daytona 500 is next weekend, and it's the granddaddy of them all. And like you know, like Tony said, we a lot of um, a lot of talk is put on the storylines. Um, so who's going to be on the pole with the Daytona 500? Is uh, Jimmy Johnson begins his farewell tour? I mean, if he's on the pole, that's big news. That's huge news. The, the pole being on the pole at the Daytona 500 is very similar to being on the pole at the Indianapolis 500. It is mammoth news that is covered not only nationally, but internationally. And we're going to find out tomorrow who's going to be on the pole at the Daytona 500. Next weekend, we'll, we'll know who's going to be the winner of the Daytona 500. We begin our conversation and we begin our our, our talk. We begin our NAS, our 2020 NASCAR season uh, today, and so we appreciate uh, Matthew uh, Matthew Ember. You know, I I proposed something, and I'm not the only one who's who said this, but the, but it might be more than just money uh, for Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. What's going to go on there? I think a lot of people think that uh, Mr. Kellogg. Uh, We'll uh, pay him the money that he's well-deserved. And we, we know for a fact that uh, uh, Tom Brady took some uh, less money than probably what he could have been paid in order to to allow other players to stay on the team or to uh, allow players to, to cover the team, which obviously aided in them winning Super Bowls. But if I'm, if I'm Tom Brady, He's what? He's been in nine Super Bowls. If I'm Tom Brady, is money, is the Super Bowl really my ultimate objective? If I'm a team owner and I'm out there shopping for a quarterback, insert name here, whether it, whether it be the Bengals, who's got the first-round pick, or are they going to give that up and shop for Brady? But a question that I propose that's kind of, you know, it's out there. People are talking about this. 
and that is Zach Prescott with the Dallas Cowboys. Does uh, Mr. Johnson go shopping for Tom Brady? You know, Tony says the silliest thing you ever heard. Most people, when they first hear that, it first comes in their ears. But when you start talking through the conversation, if if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm whether this is true or not, their slogan is the America's team, America's favorite team, but hasn't been to a Super Bowl in a long time. Now, certainly, we can we could talk about back in the seventies. 80s when it was the Cowboys, the Steelers, Cowboys and the Steelers, the Steelers were the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. But that, that that's not where we're at now. And so from the owner's perspective, do I go after Tom Brady because I think that he can get, bring me a Super Bowl? Or do I go after Tom Brady because he's good for the franchise, he's a good name to have for the franchise? If I'm Tom Brady... Do I go to the Dallas Cowboys because I want to win another Super Bowl or because I want to play for another same team? If I'm Tom Brady, do I stay with the New England Patriots in my career with the New England Patriots? I think it's very well known that Tom Brady is not going to retire. If he does retire, that's certainly going to be a shocker. I think most people will be very shocked if that happens. But let's go on the assumption that he's not. So where's he go? What's he waiting on? Is it more than money? And so as, as you talk through this argument, you, you think through it. I mean, here's what happens. Maybe they don't want to pay Zach Croscott to, to stay around. Maybe they don't want – maybe they want to move on from him. So they begin shopping Tom Brady. Now, maybe they, they – Maybe they'll bring Tom Brady on, or maybe they won't. But let's say that they do. So Zach Prescott is not going to be the number two man next to Tom Brady. Let's face it. He's going to go shopping. So certainly a name like Tom Brady or Zach Prescott, for that matter, going to the Chargers, Chargers need the publicity. Colts need need a quarterback. It's not beyond – you have to answer the phone. You have to kick the tires. You have to see what's what's out there. You have to see what's available. And it might be a silliest thing you've ever heard, but if they get – if Dallas Cowboys get Tom Brady, Zach Prescott's going to go shopping. And you've got – if you're Frank Ballard, the Indianapolis Colts, you've got to answer the phone. If you're if you're with the the, the San Diego Chargers, you've got to answer the phone. I mean, we, we we've all know the the saying: when the dominoes fall, when the dominoes fall. If Tom Brady goes anywhere but the New England Patriots, the dominoes fall; they begin to fall. So with that falling comes other actions. Now, uh, uh, for every action, there's a reaction, right? So that's going to send Zach Prescott into orbit. And there's a lot of teams that would look very closely. Now, we, 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 we could put our 
scholar hat on, and we know everything about sports, and there's no way this is going to happen. He's going to stay at the New England Patriots. Well, or maybe the scholars are wrong. Maybe the hot take guys are wrong. Not that not not that that's their their opinions are bad, but maybe the hot take guys are wrong. It doesn't look like uh, we're going to get Mo. <laughs> We didn't we didn't get the stab execution though that, that we were that we were hoping for, but that's okay. It's it's no no big deal. No big deal. We're the New England Patriots. We just lost Tom Brady. Yeah, that's right. Mo Mo from the BS BS, BS Sports Show is our Tom Brady. <laughs> he's our quarterback. We need him. <laughs> Heck, he's a free agent. He can do what he wants. No. It would give him a hard time, but in all fairness, uh, he did give us, he, he did give us warning. Just just trying to give us warning, but 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 really, we we look at Tom Brady. That's probably one of the biggest story. We maybe it's just our desire to say, maybe it's just our desire to say, I want to hang on to football just a little bit longer, just a just a little bit longer. Kansas City Chiefs. You know, we haven't heard the, the, the details of Patrick Mahomes and his rookie contract expiring and to, to go into free agency. Uh, if people wrote checks anymore, uh, the Hunt family is, is sitting down with their checkbook and just saying, here, here's a blank check, fill in the zeros. I won't look. Patrick Mahomes is going to get paid. And he's going to stay at Kansas City Chiefs. And and so it's not going to happen any other way than that. It's just, you know, the precedent is always being set, and the next bar is being set. The next quarterback's being paid, and next, the next guy up. And so Patrick Mahomes is the next guy up, and you know, if they want to pay him, he could get he could get forty million dollars a year. But we'll see. You know, talking about our, our uh, need or want to hang on to the uh, NFL or to football, we've got XFL. Say, so who wants to watch XFL? It's freaking football. Uh, looking at a tweet uh, from Sammy Coates from the Texans uh, who said that, but it is freaking football. I'm sorry. He's not with the Texans. He's with the Steelers. That's my fault. I don't know. But uh, actually, the more I look at this, you know what? I'm just going to abort. He's with the Houston Roughnecks. He used to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I've got it now. Abort. Abort. Nonetheless, it's football. Oliver Luck, father of the great Andrew Luck, the great has-been Andrew Luck, we won't go down that field. We won't go down the field of the, the, the Indianapolis uh, 
Colts are, are holding out for Andrew Luck. That ship has sailed. And I don't – maybe, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, there's probably still some diehard number 12 fans around. You know, he had to do what was best for him. But I think Colts fans are like, no, we, we're not gonna we're not gonna do this again with you. Now he might come back to the NFL, but it won't be for the Colts. I mean, you wonder about what the Colts are gonna do. They're here in our backyard. They're certainly our home team here at the Balance, uh, as they're located in here in Indianapolis with us. Uh, you wonder what's gonna happen with the Colts. We talk about the quarterback changes and we talk about some of the things that are that are going on. But what's what's I mean, Jacoby Brissett is a great number two, but we need a number one. We need a franchise quarterback. And, and is that going to happen in the draft? I don't think so. I mean, you know, there was a lot of uh, ramblings, and you know how we like to talk about things and get rumors started and and jump on Twitter and say, hey, I saw this, I saw that. Um, you know how we like to do that. There was there was some ramblings on in social media this week, and we we've seen social media about Tom Brady to the Colts, about Philip Rivers to the Colts, about this person and that person to the Colts on on social media. This week it was, hey, the Colts are going to trade up to get Tua, and Tua is going to be at best, at worst, I should say, number five. Now. Here, here's another crazy scenario. I think we all know who's going to be the, go, be the number one overall pick. We, I think we all know uh, the, the the quarterback from LSU is going to uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. But another scenario here, it's way out there, way out there in orbit. But certainly something, if we want to talk about what people on social media are talking about, is the Bengals' shot for Tom Brady. Well, if you're, first of all, if you're Tom Brady, you're going to go anywhere you want to go. Anybody, if you, wherever you want to play, you can play. They're going, to, they're going to make you the number one. So there was talk about the Colts uh, doing some negotiations to to trade up uh, for Tua, I don't see that happening. That's not going to happen. But the Colts do got to figure out who their franchise quarterback is because it isn't Jacoby Brissett. I like him. He's great. He's to be admired. I think he's a good stand-up guy. He's got some. He's got some bust-out moments. He certainly stepped in when we needed him to step in. And we, we that's why we signed him for one year, because we needed him for one year. And he got paid very good for one year. And he's going to get signed somewhere. He's going to get signed somewhere. But with the Colts, he's the number two all day long, every day. And if he stays with the Colts, that's great. I have no problem with him staying with the Indianapolis Colts. I like Jacoby Brissett, but he's the number two. He's not the number one. So we got to find that number one. Who is that number one? Is it in the draft? 
Is it someone in, in, in the free agency? We need the number one. You know, Tennessee is going to be looking for some, some people too. I mean, so we'll, we'll see what's going to be happening. We've got uh, the combine coming up here in Indianapolis in just a couple weeks. And um, I'm kind of hoping that Ed Kratz, our beat writer for the uh, – our official uh, NFL contributor and beat writer for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles outside.com joins us. Because I promised him dinner and drinks. I'll live up to that. But, uh, you know, we've got the Underwear Olympics, as, as, we like to, as, as we like to affectionately call it. And, you know, will we see something in the combine? Will, will Frank Ballard, Jim Ursay, uh, I mean, Ballard, Ursay, and Reich, will they find something in the Underwear Olympics that stands out to them that says, hey, that's our guy, that's our number one? Do we draft our number one? I don't know the answer to that, but those are decisions that, that have to be made for our number one. But here's one thing I can tell you, that you're my number one, and I appreciate you taking time to listen to us. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, so just hit subscribe and give us four stars there, if you don't mind. Because, hey, you're, like I just said, you're my number one. Couldn't do this without you. My name is Saul Marcus El Presidente. Thank you, Matthew Embry, WSBT up in South Bend, uh, for uh, joining us and talking a little bit of IndyCar with us. Had some Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame football. Thank you, thank you, Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest, uh, joining us and helping us kick off the NASCAR season. Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast, and Mo, thank you for giving us thought today. We, we're just going to give you our time. My name's Tom Microsoft, Presidente. Make sure you're following us on T-Balance and at The Balance. Don't drink a drive. It isn't cool. I'm out of here. This is... Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.